We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Hey guys, it's Morgan Zeggers. Welcome back to the show. I am really excited for today's episode because it's a topic I just enjoy talking about on a day-to-day basis, not just for something like a political cultural show like this podcast. I don't have as much time as I usually do for the episodes today. I've got a few things that I've got to just get done today, and so this will be a shorter episode, but I'm still excited, so let's get into it. All right. Now, of course, before we start talking, if you guys haven't yet, please hit subscribe. I would really appreciate it. And go order a Zegers Freedom Flag. All right. Go check out my website, ZegersFreedomFlags.shop. And I want to just say a quick thank you. MyPillow is excited to announce the original My Slippers are back in stock just in time for the holidays. Last Christmas, you made the slippers the number one selling MyPillow product. And now they have added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all the new colors. You guys, the My Slippers are my favorite ones. I wear them when I do this podcast because they're comfy. What makes the My Slippers different is the exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. The patented layers make them extra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve the stress on your feet from all the running around this holiday. Wear them anytime, anywhere, and save $90 off with promo code MORGAN, so that's only $49.98 a pair. You'll absolutely love them. I love mine, and now they are extending the 60-day money-back guaranteed until March 1st, 2023, making them the best Christmas gift ever. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MORGAN, or call 1-800-738-8374, use promo code MORGAN, save $90 on the original MySlippers, that's $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last, so be sure to order now. So today's talk is about a very frustrating thing for me. I personally experienced it. I've talked about it a little bit, but I just have so many more young female followers out there and parents that are are interested in my content, and so I like to keep refreshing the topic because... I don't know how to say this nicely. I don't think it's very fixable in terms of just snapping our fingers and changing the entire structure of our economy and our society. Unfortunately, I think we've gotten away from God's design in terms of embracing our feminine ways as women and our more masculine ways as men. And one of the really frustrating things we're seeing is that in the long list of lies that they sell women in America about what will bring them happy what will bring them empowerment, what will fulfill them. Guess what? Most of it's a scam. One of those things is the idea that we are no different than men. We should go on the same life planning track as men. And the public school system, I personally experienced it. I didn't go to private school or anything like that. So I'm just kind of sharing my experience. But the guidance counseling system, the life planning aspects of public school, government school in America, it just literally treats us as a unisex situation and tells us, pick your dream job, pick your career, here's your options, maybe do some internships, what's your top school that you want to get into, and they funnel us through the system, and then we graduate in our mid-20s, early 20s, whatever it is, because now you need all these degrees, right? You graduate, and then you look around and you go, oh my gosh, (laughs) I just got funneled as a teenager through a system that's leading me to a very unhappy ending in terms of the decades of life that I have ahead of me. And the women especially look around and they go, wait a second, why do I feel so deeply unhappy with my schedule 
and with my priorities in life right now. And it is a shock to the system, okay? Most women that I know have had this experience. Now, are there exceptions to the rule? Of course. Does that mean, though, that we should just abandon the concept that women are more nurturing and probably don't want to be grinding our gears at a job constantly 24-7 and then keeping our kids and our family and our home as a second, third, fourth priority in our lives? No. That's the big problem here is like, I am not trying to offend any women that are like, you know what? I don't want kids or maybe I want kids in the future, but I want to have that boss babe career. I want to do it. You know what? You do you. Okay. But we need to stop what feminism has been doing. And that is shaming stay at home moms, shaming people that want to have their wife embrace the feminine role in the family and more traditional roles. And then, of course, shaming the woman for even wanting that. Feminists throughout history, if you look at how they talk about stay-at-home moms, it's pretty disgusting. And it's all a part of a narrative. They have called people leeches. Feminists, the people that say they want to empower women, they call women that want to do their most natural primal biblical roles They call them leeches, just taking and taking from their husband, allowing their husband to go off to work and do all the hard work, and they just sit at home, and they are lazy, and they don't want to do anything in life, and they have no ambition, and they just want to sit at home and be taken care of. That's the kind of narrative if you ask a feminist to describe a stay-at-home mom, and it's disgusting. That's why people are hesitant these days to be like, yeah, I I don't do anything, because they're always asking, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And people get nervous to say, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom or my wife is a stay-at-home mom. And so it really frustrates me. What kills me the most, though, is that it's not fixable right away. I am not talking to you because I'm like, yep, we're going to restructure the whole U.S. economy. We're going to rewrite the tax code, and we're going to make it so that families can finally afford to have a one-income household again. That used to be a thing, and that's no longer a thing anymore because our government takes a massive amount of our taxes, of our income, and basically with all the other government things that they've done, they have increased the cost of living here so much that families cannot just simply choose to have one parent stay home. I totally understand that at this point, it is like a privilege. That being said, you can also make a lot of sacrifices and choices in your life about priorities and make it happen. But for the most part, in many areas of the country, it is a very, very hard thing to accomplish. And so that's why I'm saying like, I get this isn't a quick thing. I am frustrated that this is such a difficult thing to achieve, and I personally believe that this is intentional. I used to think that, you know what, all these forces have kind of formed together, and you've got pop culture, you've got the sexual revolution, you've got the feminist movement, you've got all these things, and it kind of just led us to this mess that we're in now, a completely unintentional mess. But now I'm like, wait a second, I have trust issues, not with relationships, but with the government. I have trust issues. And this seems intentional because it's the ultimate form of control. They aren't just breaking us down with bad culture. They are forcing us into having non-nurturing, non-loving homes that have traditional roles. And that is really what creates the greatest levels of success. I posted on Instagram today about a study because I had seen an original video a few weeks ago maybe, and it was talking about how a study came out that And I can't remember from where it came out and it basically showed that when a child has an unbelievable level of nurturing and comfort from their mother when they're growing up, it sets them on a path to success in the future. And I'm not talking like financial success and and wealth and all that stuff, but I mean just overall well-rounded, they are competent, strong, 
confident individuals. And it's directly linked to the nurturing from their mother. I'm not talking just like being a little nice. I'm talking like a mother that is fully present and just completely overly loving in the best way. So I thought that was interesting. And then I looked into it and I found some more information. And that's what I posted about today. Okay, so it says that this study is from 2012 and it's published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Quote, nurturing a child early in life may help him or her develop a larger hippocampus, the brain region important for learning, memory, and stress responses, a new study shows. Brain images have now revealed that a mother's love physically affects the volume of her child's hippocampus. In the study, children of nurturing mothers had hippocampal volumes of 10% larger than children whose mothers were not as nurturing. I think that's fascinating. There's physical proof that a very important part of your brain is more successfully developed when you have a present and nurturing mother. And I just think, like, is there a greater way to remove that and cause harm to society on a generational level than to force women to leave their homes and leave their children and outsource the raising of their kids? Fascinating stuff, right? So I care about it. Back to what really frustrates me because I believe this is not fixable. I get it. You can't snap our fingers and change this one. Do I have a positive feeling that people like us that kind of care about this a little bit more and are ready to make these changes, are we going to be able to kind of move forward and have greater success in this area? Yes. I'm, I'm pretty confident in a small minority of people that are passionate about this and ready to make positive changes and more immediate changes at that. I don't really know how we're going to reach the rest of the people, and I'm not really concerned about that because I think this is more of a generational family raising of the next generation kind of solution. When we talk to young girls, we got to figure out, we got to figure out a better way. Okay. We should not be forcing them down a path that teaches them they are no different physically, emotionally, or skills wise than men, than boys. And we should be open to talking to them about all of life planning for the decades of life that you have instead of the very short-sighted boss babe 20s to 40s phase that is kind of written out for women right now. Because once we go to school and you get all the debt because you know the college system is a scam right now, and we graduate and we have a few years in our career and we start to realize, wait a second, something is not possible for me here. Sustaining both this work life and my dreams of a family one day that I kind of figured would just happen, this is nearly impossible. And that's okay to say. You cannot have both at the same time. And if you do, I don't know how you're doing it, but I want to hear how you're doing it. I don't want to try and achieve both. And I, after experiencing a lot of this stuff firsthand, had the shock to my system. And that came for me when I went to my first job, my first, you know, big city job, right? I moved to Boston I had a job in advertising, and I've talked about this a little bit before in episodes. Maybe I'll talk about it more because in a, a different episode because I don't really have time today. But basically, yeah, I went to school. I had wanted to work in veteran services, and so I got a degree in communications, law, economics, and government. I had never, ever, ever thought to be like, well, maybe I just want to be a stay-at-home mom. Because in the system that I was in of public school and then college and all this stuff in society, I was right there with all the other women that are like, no, 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 we're just as equal and we're going to be high earners and we're going to do all this stuff. 
And I didn't see any problem with that. And now I'm like, ew, Morgan, cringe, you know? I'm like, oh boy. And so I'm trying to like reach high school girls and be like, wait, 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 pause, pause, pause for the cause, pause for the cause. Listen to Morgan just for a second. I go to school, right? I get my degree. I started Zegger's Freedom Flag, so I don't have student debt, thank goodness. But I mean, I definitely could have if I didn't play my cards right. I graduated a year early to avoid the debt too, because it was basically I had three years of scholarship and like the ability to afford that with the scholarship and everything and was able to just pay for that, but only three years. And so I tried to take every, you know, weekend class, every night class that I could. And I I crammed all the credits into three years and paid a little extra for those extra credits in those semesters that went in the overload. But then my guidance counselors at the school were like, Morgan, but you really become the the person you're meant to be in your fourth year of school. Why would you want to graduate early? Um, Newsflash, they're just trying to get another 70 grand out of me because that's how much it would have cost me for a fourth year without the scholarship, without any financial assistance. Do you think I want to pay 70 grand to sit at a university and be wokeified? Absolutely not. And so I was like, you know, I'm good. Thank you so much, though. So you're saying I can graduate in three years? Great. I do not need to stay any longer. But the school wants you to have to stay as long as you need to. That's why they're totally fine with accepting undecided majors. People paying tens of thousands of dollars per semester to go for an undecided major. No, no, no. Do not do that. Please don't do that. The schools want you to do that because then you probably have to go for a fifth year. And oh my gosh, now you're another customer, another year extended in how long you're paying them. Okay, back to the point. I could go on a rant about this one. I get my job and I get a job in advertising in Boston. And I am so excited because it's exactly what you would imagine. You know, like when you imagine like a rom-com on Netflix and the girl's got her cute job in an office that has the coffee machine and all the free snacks. And it's in a cool, funky building with like fancy looking neon couches. And it's that hipster millennial office vibe. You know what I mean? Like these, it didn't even have desks or like cubicles. It was these open cafeteria style tables because it was, you know, hip and, and cool and trendy. I don't know. It was one of those things. And I remember it was like, oh, and we have this coffee bar downstairs. Everything is completely free. Feel free to do blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, though, they're saying we're giving you all these benefits like a free coffee bar in exchange for you getting 40 grand to live in Boston. So my first job, I'm getting paid 40 grand, not taking much money home after taxes and paying to live in such an expensive place, right? So I'm really not going anywhere. And they were telling us stuff like, If you guys work hard enough, your potential raise next year could be one to $3,000. So I have that job and all the money stuff, all the financial stuff, like that's frustrating. Yeah. Because you're not going anywhere in life. You're, you're basically bringing home like a very tiny amount of money and you're just getting by. So that was like obviously difficult, but you're in your early years. So I wasn't really worried about that. What really shocked me to my core was witnessing the women in the office. And that's what made me end up giving my two weeks within a year. Okay. I didn't even last a year, guys. I don't even think I last six months. Eh, I think I did. I, I didn't last through the summer. Let's just say that I started in like January. I didn't last through the summer. And that's because I was horrified at the lifestyle of the, of what I saw in my future if I continued down that path. And I said, no, 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 no. We've been, we've been sold a complete scam. You guys might feel Like you've got it all made because you have this job and you have this office and we're all collaborating on these big accounts or whatever it was. But like, no, 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 no. This seems horrible to me. And I worked immediately to get out of that and become self-employed and to find ways to make money because we're in this awkward phase of we're not married yet, but we're single women and we got to pay the bills. There's all these things, right? 
There's so many complications with modern society and how do you embrace traditional roles in this way. So I worked on that and I would go to my office job, but then I would get home and every night I would work on other ways for me to get out of that job. And I was also building up the nonprofit. So I had Zegger's Freedom Flags and I also had Young Americans Against Socialism. At the time, that was just some social media pages. So we had been encouraged to build a C3, like an actual nonprofit educational organization. And that's what I do now with those communism interviews. But like I would go home at night and not knowing what it would lead to, I would at least dedicate my time instead of just like sitting there watching TV. I would dedicate hours every night to that, to growing that, to growing what I had on the side because I saw that there was so much potential. And the other aspect of that is I was working all these hours at the city job that was soul sucking and I felt no fulfillment. And I, I've talked about this before. I could talk about it in more detail, but I'm literally like, right, guys, my accounts were like, reality TV. And so I'm scheduling ad campaigns on national TV for reality TV shows. And I'm dedicating how many hours of my day to staring at a screen to doing that. And so I just longed for so much. I got scared about looking at like, wow, is that going to be me in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? How am I going to have kids? How am I going to properly raise them? How am I going to have a proper family life? If this is what my future is, I'm freaking out about that. I am feeling so unfulfilled because I'm working on what, getting millions of people to watch a reality TV show and I hate television? That's what I was doing. And so having that extra project at night, which was making educational stuff, educational posts, and then building in that C3 of educational resources about history and socialism and communism, and then actually starting to go out and interview people from socialist and communist countries, that was like soul food to me. And it just helped me so much realize like the bigger picture in life. If you're not dedicated to service, if you're not dedicated to a larger mission and you're just going day by day trying to pay the bills and trying to show up at work and do whatever you're told to do, it's soul sucking. You know what I mean? So all of this, I'm so thankful that I had this experience. It was kind of one of those like dramatic experiences of I got all the cool stuff that they say to do, right? The cool city job, the hip trendy office, the fun accounts, like you know, it was like fast food chains that everybody loves. And I did like a grass seed company that is really popular, which now I am very against because I only want to eat organic. And then of course the reality TV shows, I experienced all of this and it was a shock to my system. And I've, I've shared this before, but I grew up in a secular fashion. And so I didn't have, you know, Sunday school. I didn't really understand a lot about more conservative, sorry, that's my dog, more conservative and traditional and biblical roles. And so this shock to my system is part of my story of transitioning and understanding the changes that I wanted to make in my life. And so I'm so passionate about talking to young girls about this instead of having them realize this when they're 25 and they're in their job and they're going, oh my gosh, I don't see how I'm ever going to be able to achieve the things that I thought would just naturally come now. So with that being said, this is something that I want to continue to talk about. It's something that I think will be solved by more conversation, by women, any mamas and dads out there that are listening to this right now, by you showing how excited and loving and enjoying your roles are in your family and really empowering the younger generations to see how exciting they are because pop culture and everybody else out there, they are shouting down family and children and all this stuff and scaring young people away from this. And then as well, if you have young people in your life, work with them as mentors, not for their career, but for their life. Don't help them build their career. Help them 
build a proper and healthy and balanced life. I think that's a positive solution here. All right, I got to head out because I'm going to go hang out with my dad. You guys, thank you for listening. If you liked this kind of topic, I think I'm going to be focusing on this kind of stuff more often. I can't stand politics. It's killing me. And I want soul food. And this is right up my alley. All right, you guys have a nice rest of the day. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.